Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppe with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, to Layla Weighs In. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. Thank you for emailing me your questions and topics of interest. That email is radioprogram at AOL.com. That is radioprogram at AOL.com. And if you don't already subscribe to the free Intelligent Medicine newsletter, you can do so. Just go to drhoffman.com. That's www.drhoffman.com and sign up. It comes up every week, typically midweek. You may unsubscribe at any time. Let me go right into questions here. This comes from MRC. Layla, how can I access your podcasts as articles, as transcripts to read? Hmm. Good question. I don't write an article for every podcast I do. Typically, the podcast topics are different than what I write about and vice versa. But sometimes I do write about something I've podcasted about and I'll podcast about something I've written about, if I'm compelled to tell you again or tell you verbally rather than written because I find it compelling, very important. Um, transcript to read? No, we don't, we don't have the manpower for having these things transcribed. I suppose what you, what you can do is, you know, <laughs> hire somebody to transcribe these for you or <clears throat> There's got to be some kind of a device, uh, maybe even on your phone, that can record and transcribe back something. You know, check with your own smartphone to see what kind of bells and whistles it has to do something like that. I mean, it does offer you an assistant. Maybe that assistant might be able to help you find a way to uh, to transcribe but uh, thank you for the question. And uh, for anybody out there, you know, you could read all the, all the articles that we write, Dr. Hoffman and I, among others. They're all posted at drhoffman.com. So do go there. And with regard to the podcast, we have descriptions written. 
That's about the most transcription we're doing. Again, we really don't have the manpower. We are a small practice, but we hit very, very broadly, which, you know, we're very, very happy about. We've just had, we've just surpassed 9 million downloads. I'm trying to still wrap my brain around that. 9 million downloads. Wow. Yay. And thank you for listening. And MRC, thank you for the question. I have another question here from Adrian. Dear Layla, I would like to add quercetin to my supplement regime, but I'm wondering if it's safe for those of us taking thyroid hormone replacement. Quercetin is best absorbed between meals on an empty stomach, and that's when I take my thyroid meds. I only weigh 101 pounds, so I just want to add a small amount, maybe 250 milligrams per day, to my supplement uh, regimen in preparation for cold and flu season. Since I take thyroid, uh, Adrienne says she takes armor thyroid plus a tiny amount of Cytomel twice a day, I always check contraindications before adding new supplements. That's really smart, Adrienne. You should always. And you know... It's very easy to go to drugs.com. That's a good place to start. Drugs.com to see if there are any interactions with any medications you're taking along with any supplements or herbs. So uh, Adrian says there seem to be lab uh, lab rat studies indicating quercetin in quote high doses and quote whatever that means could disrupt thyroid hormones, but I couldn't find human studies. Do you find that your patients on thyroid meds are able to tolerate quercetin? I realize you can't give medical advice, but think this question could apply to many people because so many of us take thyroid replacement. Thank you, Adrian, for this question. Yes, quercetin uh, should be taken for the most part in between meals, but because you're taking your thyroid medication, then you may have to take your quercetin With food, I have had patients, we have had patients who do better taking their supplements with food, even if it's something like carnitine or other amino acids that we know may be better absorbed on an empty stomach. Some people will report some stomach upset. The same may go for quercetin too. So we will always say, take them sometime after a meal, maybe a half hour after a meal or something like that, or even an hour after a meal. You could take it then. Uh, the things that do that do interfere with thyroid medicine, in particular, are supplements containing calcium, magnesium, and iron. These are things that you would find in a multi. Besides separate magnesium supplements, iron supplements, or calcium supplements, certainly. Now, quercetin in high doses, certainly the dose that you would take, Adrian, 250, 500, 750, these are not high doses, so we won't know what, and, you know, hence yet another mouse study, a mouse study, a lot of benefits coming to mice and rats, but we can't really extrapolate to humans. So the thing is, is that also you want to be reminded about the quercetin found in your food, and here are some top foods where you will find quercetin, by the way, Quercetin is a flavonoid antioxidant. It has more to do with the pigments of the produce that you're eating. And it's very important 
in helping with histamine and reducing histamine, especially in allergic people or those with histamine intolerance. It's good anti-inflammatory. It's wonderful during cold flu season or even all year round. But here are some of the foods that contain quercetin, apples, dark cherries and berries, tomatoes, peppers, red wine. Yes, red wine, but I'm not a fan. I'm not going to promote drinking red wine to get your quercetin. Absolutely not. I want you to eat healthfully. Any alcohol, any kind of alcohol is a neurotoxin. It's toxic to your brain. It's not good for you. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to tout the benefits of red wine to anyone. I would prefer you take a resveratrol supplement than start drinking red wine when you never did before. Anyway, back to quercetin. I mentioned apples, berries and dark cherries, tomatoes, peppers, cruciferous vegetables, citrus fruit, Leafy green veggies, cranberries, asparagus, cocoa, capers, red onion, black and green tea, herbs, foods like that. So enjoy your teas, your apples, your onions. I'm always putting red onion in my salad. That's my favorite sliced onion to put in a raw salad, so that's something that you could do. Um, the other thing is, Adrian, what, what you could also do, you still, if you still want to take the quercetin between meals, you can take it, you know, you could take it at night before bed. You could take it then, so you get the benefits. Uh, you could also take it again, as I said, maybe a half hour after a meal or right after a meal and take it that way. You will still get the benefits. You still will get the benefits. Even those of us who are taking all supplements with, uh, with a meal or right after a meal are still getting the benefit of it. For example, I'll give you uh, another example of this is probiotics. You know, when to take it, be away from food, with food. Well, there are two schools of thoughts. You, you've heard me say this before on this program that some scientists say that you want to take the probiotic when you have the least amount of stomach acid available. And that means for some scientists on an empty stomach, right? Well, other scientists say, no, you want to take it after you've eaten because that stomach acid is being soaked up by all the food you just ate. So better chance for the probiotic to do its job. What am I saying while the jury is still out on this? <laughs> if you're taking your probiotic twice a day, take one on an empty and one after a meal. There you go. Until more, uh, until more information uh, is available about that. So, and by the way, if you're worried about cold flu season, uh, quercetin isn't the first thing I would reach for. That's more for allergy, to help block histamine, right? Uh, the things that I would reach for during cold and flu season, olive leaf extract, upping your amount of vitamin C. When you feel like you're coming down with a cold, take some additional zinc, right? Especially with, uh, with COVID. And uh, these are the things that I would take. Make sure you're getting plenty of rest, plenty of sleep, because when we don't sleep enough, that 
impacts, adversely impacts our immune system, and you want to eat healthfully, you know, greatly reduce any amount of sugar in your diet because sugar is known also to suppress immunity. So now to give an example of what I said earlier about some articles I'll do as a podcast and vice versa, I want to talk to you about something I've written about recently, and that is the readiness for change. One of the things that we do when we're trained as nutritionists, uh, a very big part of our training is nutrition counseling. It's the counseling part. And we have to be able to assess if that patient, that client, is ready for, state, for, for, for any kind of change. And these are the stages of change. Let me go through them. The first is pre-contemplation. What does that mean? And, you know, think, think yourself about how close are you to making a change in your lifestyle, your behavior, your habits, how you eat, all of that. Because ev all of this has to do with how healthy you will become or won't. And on your outlook for any expected outcomes for success. And are you maybe even considering a change? Maybe you're not even aware that certain changes can have a positive effect on your health. Maybe you're not even aware that there is room for improvement or there is something that needs to be improved and you're simply not aware of it. You know, that how you're living, how you're eating currently may be a risk for any future undesirable health outcome or outcomes. This stage is called pre-contemplation because people in this stage are often unaware that a behavior needs changing at all. If they are aware that a behavior needs to change, they are not intending to change right now. And of course, if you're not intending to change right now, maybe you're not intending to change because you don't think it's, a, it's important. You don't think it's a risk factor. You don't think that continuing uh, with the behavior may at any point become dangerous or anything like that. Or, it could be that you're not intending to change right now because you don't have time. You have too many other things you're thinking about doing or contemplating at this point to, to change rather than maybe a, a particular health behavior habit, how you eat, how you move, all of that. And that's okay. Now, the next stage, these are the folks who are aware that certain behaviors and habits need changing, but they're not, they're not quite ready to take it on. In other words, they haven't completely worked it out in their minds, but they're not willing to set it aside either. They, they want to do something. And this is the stage that's called contemplation. People in this stage are aware that the behavior needs to change, and they're seriously seriously thinking about changing it. But individuals in the stage are not ready to take action at this time. And I have to tell you, this resembles most of my patients when they first come into my office. 
They know they have behaviors or habits that need to change, and they're seeking guidance and support from me. And don't forget, eating is a behavior. Indeed, it is a behavior. Eating is. So, preparation. So, we've talked about pre-contemplation. We've just talked about contemplation. Preparation is the stage where people are gearing up to make a change. They are preparing, and that's often part of the nutrition visit. The patient, the client, you are formulating a plan and psyching yourself up to take it on. You're getting ready to change a specific behavior, and typically they are creating a plan and getting ready for action. And this could be part of the nutrition consultation, what needs to change, setting up a plan of action. And then we get to the most intensive stage, and that is called action. People in this stage are actively working to change their behavior. It's the most intensive stage as an individual is changing their behavior and associated beliefs and attitudes. It's quite an undertaking to change your belief and your attitude. That is not a simple task. And that's why these stages of contemplation that happened before is necessary. You need to go over it in your mind. You need to be turning it over. You need to be contemplating it. So action is where people are actively and deliberately changing their attitudes, beliefs, and associated behaviors. This stage means you're on the new diet and living the lifestyle and working towards embracing it. Fabulous. Kudos to you. Pat yourself on the back many times over. Fantastic. Go reward yourself with something that is not food-related. Go reward yourself with a new book you've been wanting to pick up, a new subscription, a massage, anything that feels reward-like to you. Now, these are the stages of change, pre-contemplation, where there is not, it's not aware, you are not aware yet that a behavior needs changing. Contemplation, you're aware that a behavior needs to change and you're seriously thinking about it. Preparation is where folks are getting ready and have created a plan. Action is when they actually implement it. They've changed the diet. They, they've started the exercise regimen. They are, they are, they are, they are adjusting their attitudes and how they feel about all of this and having a more positive outlook. They are embracing it, right? Now, the last stage of change, and this may be the most difficult. No, Layla, it's action. That's the most difficult, taking an action. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But we know the recidivism rate on diets, on anybody embarking on any kind of diet, specifically a weight loss diet. They will often fall off the wagon and the weight creeps back on. Here is the last stage of change. 
and the one that may be the most difficult. It's called maintenance. You've gone, you've come out of pre-contemplation, you've gone into contemplation, preparation, action, and now there is maintenance. People in this stage are solidifying their new healthy behaviors and creating support structures so the behavior will become long-lasting. Your healthy new behaviors are imprinting and solidifying as you've developed the lifestyle necessary to support those positive changes. That's what we're talking about. These are the stages of change and maintenance may be the hardest after action because now you are living the life. You're not going back to the old lifestyle. Remember, diet is a four-letter word. Diet implies something temporary to achieve a particular goal, like a particular weight on your scale. No, the diet is meant to really be a change, a complete change in your lifestyle. That is when it sticks. That is when it is imprinted. You are developing the the support structure, the social structure in your life necessary to support these changes that you've made. That's what we're talking about. And these are the stages of change. I welcome your email, topics of interest, radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to to being a collaborator in your healthcare.